I understand the frustration of feeling like you need to justify your choices. Explaining your lifestyle over and over and over again because everyone from random strangers to even your own family just doesn't get it. Hey, I'm Allison Conway. That's why I'm here to help you build a profitable business that gives you the freedom to travel and work from anywhere. I've been there. And in this podcast, I'm going to share with you the real actionable how to's so you can finally confidently say it is a real job, dad. This is a Soulfire production. I love everything that you're talking about because when I was first getting started, I had so much frustration. You probably felt similarly in like the content that was, that was out there and trying to teach people how to start a business or how to freelance and how to make money on your own. And I just remember thinking, and I was really starting to like study, you know, this kind of like online business stuff probably about five years ago now. So a lot's changed, but the content was like, you know, just, it it was like getting you to first base, right? Like get in front of the right people. And yeah, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, like it it just was, it just fell short of like actually teaching people how to, how to really do this. So I love all your content because it, it doesn't do that. It goes into like actually how, how to do, how to be a freelancer on the internet. Yeah. I mean, that's my, that's my goal with it because I felt like there wasn't any of that before, Mm -hmm. you know, there wasn't any information related to that. So that's, that's the goal. So I'm glad that's, that's how it's being perceived. (laughs) Yeah. So tell me, I mean, now you're making multiple six figures on sites like Fiverr and similar kinds of freelancing sites. So tell me how you got started. How did you, with the limited content that was available, how did you learn that kind of stuff? Yeah, I basically just taught myself everything. Um, mm-hmm. It was just kind of a fake it till you make it approach, which I do think is necessary in some capacity if you want to learn anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I think hands-on experience is still the best thing ever. You can read all the books, you can take the quizzes, you can you can do everything that you can to prepare, but nothing actually compares to the hands-on experience. So diving into it kind of head first, having to make my bills with it uh, kind of forced me into the freelancer I am today. So I always say, I always encourage people, you know, don't do it as dramatically as I did it, where you quit your job and you're screwed. (laughs) Um, you know, try and time it a little better, but just understand that you're not going to master it until you're actually in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I am. I, I was similar when I started out. I didn't, I started like freelancing and trying to start my business right after college. And I was trying to get a job. I was like doing all of the right things to try to get a job and yeah. just could not for whatever reason. Now I'm very proud to wear the moniker unemployable, but then, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> then not so much. And I will admit I attempted Fiverr and Upwork and those kinds of sites. And I was not good at it. I was just not getting attention whatsoever. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's tough, you know, it's tough. And sometimes it's the simplest stuff of all, which is like the photo branding, Mm. the images that you're using. It can be as simple as that, which I know is confusing to people because they're like, but they're not buying me for what I look like. I'm like, Mm. no, but there's a huge element of trust that you have to build on those sites. And I think that's more of a like soft skill or concept to people that they don't totally understand. And then they'll just end up um, hating the platforms. Although, I mean, I always recommend that people go freelance off of there. Eventually, I don't consider them to be like forever solutions, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, that, um, that like making yourself that like no trust factor and having the images of your of yourself and of your portfolio and things like that. I've hired freelancers from Upwork and Fiverr and I don't even bother looking at the profiles that don't have that have like a blurry image and the in that I don't know if you call it a profile picture or whatever that that front top images. I just skim right past them. Yeah, I mean that's that's just it and I'll end up doing these consultations with people where 
uh, they'll like pay me, you know, money to help them. And I'm happy to help them with the more complex things, but it really always comes down to me having to explain to them, uh, mm. that their photo is not good, <laughs> which is like <laughs> a funny thing to have to tell people. And I have to be very careful because I don't want anyone to get offended, but I always have to say to them, like, you're not smiling. I can't see your yeah. eyes. It's blurry. You're, you're, some of these, some women will have inappropriate, like one off shoulder. And I'm like, listen, I love a one off shoulder moment too, but like mm-hmm. not a dancing profile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Time, time and place. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's um, even as like a branding and, and web person, I have people who are making, you know, lots of money have really successful coaching businesses and will come to me with like a DIY logo or something. And I'll say, okay, do you want to update this logo? And they're like, no, no, no. I love it. It's great. We're going to keep the branding. I'm like, how do I tell you that this is awful? Yeah. I, that's like, what's been hard for me to try and help people is talking about branding. Cause I feel like Ooh. it's very hard to talk about it because it's so visual. So when I'll try to explain that to people, it's I struggle to find words almost to explain like what branding is. Yeah. With like Instagram, when I try and tell people how to like mimic what I'm doing, it's very hard to describe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it is. Um, and it it can be very delicate, like uh the balance between, you know, you don't look bad in your off-the-shoulder picture. Yeah, but this isn't the photo for this this site. <laughs> no, no, it's it's funny because I don't know like the um personality of the person I'm talking to because like mm-hmm. the family I grew up and we would just be like that shirt looks terrible. Yeah, but we, but, like we wouldn't get offended because that's how we speak to each other. But I know some people where you tell them that you don't like the color of their scrunchie and they like start crying. So I don't know what the. <laughs> you know. You know what I'm dealing with. Yeah, I know. Do you um do you know anything about the Enneagram? Oh my gosh. Tori just brought this up to me last week. I never heard of it before. And someone just mentioned it to me on Friday. And I've been meaning to take it, take that quiz. Tori who? Is this a like a business partner or something? Her first 100 k Tori Dunlap. Oh, got it, got it. Okay. Yeah. Um Yeah. So it's interesting. I bring it up. I ask a lot of people this because I did it relatively recently, like within the last year. And I've, Mm -hmm. I've never really been a personality test kind of person, but, um, and I don't want to like, guess what your type would be, but it, we have a very similar personality in that, like, okay, how do I just tell you that this sucks without, (laughs) without offending you? (laughs) Yeah. What it's like a number. It's like numbered, right? One through Mm -hmm. nine, one through nine. Yeah. She told me she was a two. I've never taken it. So I have to go take it a two is, um, I think that's the helper. You just want to give, 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 and just help everybody. I, I kind of get myself into that problem too, like to mm. a fault actually, where mm. I will give too much and then get almost angry at people. But I'll be like, it's kind of my fault that I agreed to give, you know, yep. that's kind of my problem. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, as service providers, we, we have a tendency of of all getting stuck in that. We all just want to give away all of our stuff for free and that's yeah. what the podcast is really right. And I know you have a podcast as well. Yeah, I do. Right now it's just me um rambling to my microphone. <laughs> but I'm hoping uh probably in the fall I was gonna do the season two having people on. I'm like, I'm actually like not tech savvy. So when it comes to like having the mic set up and the headphones mm-hmm. and everything, I'm just like, Bleh. <laughs> Yeah, to be honest with you, I I have a production team that like sent me a whole list of like equipment and things to buy. And I'm doing it very like I'm I'm the type of personality I need to follow the path of least resistance. Like if it's too complicated, I'm just not going to get into it. So I'm just like recording in, you know, into the, the video software with a mic that's connected to the computer. There's a couple of lights in front of me. Like it's, it's very. Yeah. <laughs> I have like one of those uh, Yeti Bluetooth mics, you know, mm-hmm. could use, I don't have the headphones though. So I'm like, I have to figure that one out. <laughs> I can send you the link for these. They weren't, they weren't crazy. They're not like Bose crazy expensive They're Yeah. They just like plug right into the microphone. Okay. I know I have to get into all of this stuff. <laughs> production team. So um, what is, um, so tell me about your podcast. What are you, what are you rambling about into your microphone? <laughs> I, just basically things that people ask me to ramble about, which is like mm. 75% very nerdy freelancing topics, probably mm-hmm. 
10% nerdy copywriting topics for the writers mm. to follow me. And then what is it? The remaining 15% is like mindset stuff, which I actually have fun doing. And that could be maybe a little more interesting for listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like my episode I did this week was my money mindset. And I just for 18 minutes talk about truly how I think about money, which I guess people want to know because uh, mm-hmm. they asked me to do it. Otherwise, I wouldn't know. I'll, I'll ask constantly on my Instagram, you know, what do you guys want me to talk about? And it's always so funny. It'll be like very boring topics, but they they like it. Yeah, I just started teaching myself everything as well. Like you mentioned when you got started, it's just sort of you go down the rabbit hole of Googling every every possible thing. I don't think my career would exist before Google. <laughs> like if I were born 20 years earlier, I wouldn't have yeah. the same job that I do. But I think there's so much I remember being in that in that place, right? Mentally and financially where you just feel like everything is is in scarcity and you don't have the knowledge and for designers too, there's this really really frustrating gap where you become a designer because your taste is very high level. You have the eye for it, but your hard skills haven't met up with your taste. So you're designing branding or websites or something and and you're like, well, shit, like I, I know what I want this to look like, but my skills aren't able to get me to that place. So a lot of people get stuck in that you know, they don't keep going because they're like, yeah. well, I guess I'm just not a very good, at, you know, I'm just not a good designer. Yeah. I mean, that must be it, you know, cause it's mm-hmm. like, I'm recording this stuff. It's, it's boring to me cause I've been doing it every day for seven years, but, um, yeah, it must be feeding into something like that, you know, where it's helping people or they can put it on in the car. Right. I, yeah, you know, exactly. That's the appeal. Uh, maybe when they're driving, they just listen to me talk about freelancing and they hope it'll like go into their head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about some of the nerdy freelancing stuff and the nerdy copywriting stuff. How do you have a background in writing or how did that start for you? So I went to college for political science, which involved writing, but I did not consider myself a prolific writer or someone mm-hmm. who would be this like, author of the world. Um, I was like, Oh, I don't think I'm bad at writing, but I I wouldn't say it's, you know, everything for me. So, um, I went to work in PR right out of college, uh, young, I graduated a year early. So I was 21 already because I wanted to work. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I actually found that PR was less creative than I could handle because I didn't know about, I learned about myself very quickly that I need to be creative in what I do every day, or I am unhappy. Yep. And PR quickly showed me that. Cause I thought with PR, I'd be coming up with these PR, you know, ad campaign ideas, like very creative stuff. And, uh, starting out any PR agency or an account manager or coordinator, which is mm-hmm. like the most uncreative thing you could ever do with your mm-hmm. life. And um, I imploded. <laughs> I was like, oh, crap, <laughs> yeah. I can't do this. And uh, I quit, you know, and then I, I, the practical side of me was like, okay, I need to make my rent. Mm-hmm. This is freelancing sites. I had known about Fiverr at the time and I went on it. I'm like, you know what? If these people can write a blog, like I bet I can too. I'm not, a, I'm not terrible at writing. Like I understand basic grammar. I'm pretty good speller. Mm-hmm. And, um, the rest was kind of history. And now I'm very much a writer today. And it's kind of funny how that happened. But that's why I always tell people, you know, what you have in your mind, what you think you are supposed to be or what you are supposed to do with your life could be completely wrong. And you need to be like open to mm-hmm. things come your way. Yeah, absolutely. That, um, I, I just had this conversation with somebody recently about saying no, saying no to things and saying yes to things. There's been a lot of rhetoric online lately that is yeah. set your boundaries and say no to everything and, and all that kind of stuff. And in the beginning, you have to say yes to everything. Yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's And I sort of like, especially back then, I was like, are you just telling me to say no to like, keep me down? Like, why is this you know, why, why is this the rhetoric say, say no to everything? And I understand that from a perspective, like now in my business, I'm saying no to a lot more things because I can, and I want to, and I'm, yeah. you know, it, it's not, I'm not in the same place that I was, but I, my entire career is because I actually started freelance writing. And when I was 22, 
people just sort of looked at me as like, oh, you know everything tech related because you're young and you're fresh out of college. So, hey, you wrote the copy, put it up on my website or, you know, do my website or whatever. And if I had said no to that, just because I was a little uncomfortable with it, hey, now I wouldn't have a multiple six-figure design agency. No, that's that's just it though. That's how simple it is. It's like... Mm -hmm. If I had never gone on Fiverr because I was too scared by it, um, I don't know what my life would look like today. So mm-hmm. I think that's the danger, though, of social media today, where people mm. spread a lot of amazing information, but a lot of misinformation. So when people will say, say no, they're really talking to somebody who's seven, eight years established. And they're yeah. saying, protect your time, because I'm in a place now where it's not natural to me that I do have to say no to some things now because my time is more valuable than it was seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's who they're talking to. But if someone's brand new in their journey with this, that they shouldn't be looking at that graphic. You know, that's the problem with, um, yeah. with social media it can like justify their fears in their head. Yeah. I remember reading the four hour work week yep. <laughs> and thinking, Oh, I have to like, create efficiencies for every single thing that I do. Well, I don't even know what I'm doing yet enough to create an efficiency or an automation for it. Exactly. Yeah. I had this conversation the other day on a podcast where I was talking about how that book is incredible and obviously like amazing in a lot of ways. But I think I think though, there's like a, there should be a disclaimer that if you are within your first two or three years of doing this, like don't try and do that yet. Yep. Um, it's like, I don't know that I have like a love hate when I think about that book. Cause I see a lot of people crash and burn trying to be like him right out of the gates, work only four hours a week. I'm like, hold mm-hmm. on, hold on. <laughs> I know. I know. I try to remind people a lot of information is coming from people that are already millionaires. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and Tim Ferriss, when he wrote the four hour work week, he had already, I don't know if it was a, a multi-million dollar business, but it was a very successful business that he then created automations and efficiencies for. It wasn't his very first, you know, it wasn't, Hey, this is the first time I'm going to start a business and I'm only going to work four hours a week. Exactly. And I feel like there should be like a preface (laughs) (laughs) with that because I was reading that going, yeah, seven years into it. Could I mimic some of this? Of course, but that's Mm -hmm. because I'm seven years into this. Exactly. So, yeah, exactly. So, okay. So other than branding and saying yes to opportunity is what can somebody who's who's looking at you or me or anybody else that's on the internet with successful businesses what can they do because i remember looking at fiverr like oh fuck there's no way that i can tackle this platform or upwork or any other the uh, any of those types of sites uh i guess i would say to them that there are so many more things you can offer on those sites than you even realize and Mm. people say well i don't have skills i'm like did you work in a pizza shop when you were 16 oh yeah for a little bit well then you already have a little bit of customer service skills you know you Mm. have to start you have to start thinking that way especially you know younger people we have a natural affinity for social media and things that older people will gladly pay you to explain to them mm-hmm. so i would say to someone go on a fiber or an upwork and just spend a day looking at all of the different things that you can offer and wait until a few things you're going to read them and go oh i didn't know i could offer that or oh I, maybe i could do that but you have to give yourself that time to to figure that out first Mm-hmm. Um, and I recommend people do that as opposed to just following what will make them money. Cause that's, to me, that's not the point of freelancing. The point of freelancing is you get to be your own boss, get to be free, get to have all this stuff. Like, why don't you do something you actually want to do? Yeah, there's, there's so much on, and, and there's tons of sites now when I was just getting started, probably for you too, Fiverr and Upwork were like the only yeah. ones that really existed. There's so many of them now, but there's so many things on there. People even saying, I'll leave comments on your social media for $10 or, or, you know, whatever. Oh there's my God. so much. Yeah. There's, um, like, there's, there's things you need no pre existing skill set to do. None. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Some, some people have beta reading gigs where they'll just read your book for you and tell you what they think of it. <laughs> you, <have to> read. <laughs> you know, but it's stuff like that. You're not going to know until you at least spend like two hours just checking it out. Hmm. Yeah, there's also skills on there too. And I always come back to this because my background is actually in writing where I then segued into design because that was just what people needed. Yeah. In, in the beginning, it's sort of, you're kind of offering things 
whether it's based on a skill that you had in your formal educational background or just, you know, you worked at a pizza shop, right? Any kind of background that you have. But it's also just kind of saying yes to a gig because it's a task or something that somebody else doesn't want to do or can't do themselves, like reading their own book and giving feedback on it. That's all that I've discovered, you know, over the years, all that freelancing is, is it's not necessarily that your client can't just write the blog themselves. It's that it's worth it to them to pay you to do it for the time they are going to save in return. That's it. That's Mm -hmm. what the transaction is. And it's kind of nice to know that they, they don't need you to be the, you know, the top quality person that ever existed in a way it's more so can you be efficient for them? Because they'll say, you know, Mm -hmm. let's say they're worth 200 an hour at whatever it is they do. If they pay you to write a blog for 50 bucks, you know, and it was going to take them two hours, they just save $350 essentially. That's how they see it. Right. Right. And, and two, if you write a blog post for $50 and that blog post brings in Oh, please. Yeah. One person or 10 people or whatever, you know, however many people that they can convert off of their blog post. That's, that's not only saving them their own time, but it's also making them money. Absolutely. And that's, you know, one of the reasons I tell people specifically that freelance writing is blowing up Mm -hmm. uh, because beyond the time saving, yeah, it helps people actually convert leads into sales, which is invaluable for them. And, um, People always say, oh, is it too saturated for a freelance writer? I'm like, not at all. If anything, mm-hmm. I truly see more demand than supply at, at this point. I I completely agree. <laughs> As somebody that hires freelancers and is constantly looking for good designers and also good writers, it's yeah. it's hard to come by people that are really that are really good. And I'm always the person, because again, I always think about myself. I'm always the person that is willing to take in the the new person starting out. But it's really hard. I, I mean, I yeah. keep everybody I know. I'm like, just start writing or just start ma- like making logos. Just start doing something because yeah, really, even though there is a lot in the market, there's always room for more. Oh my gosh. I mean, I can't even find additional. I have two writers that work with me and I would love to have a third, but I cannot find a person mm. who can deliver on time, who is not going to have typos in their work. It's like, I can't even find them. (laughs) So if you're someone who's going to be efficient, you're going to make sure there's no typos. There is the the world is available to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I put out a job description recently that um, was going to have some copywriting work in it. It was a lot of different things in the job, but some of it was copywriting and copywriting was in the title and in people's applications, they were spelling things wrong. They were doing all kinds of wrong grammatical things. It's like copywriting is in the title of the job description oh, and you're still yeah. not proofreading. <laughs> I I will typically in the hiring process, when I say hiring, I work with them as another freelancer, but I'll ha- I'll give them two actual orders that I'm going to pay them for. Mm-hmm. And some of these people on the very first order they do for me, there's typos on it. I'm just like, there's Grammarly, you guys like, come on, come on. Like, but then I also see it's funny because I'll work privately with these PR agencies who outsource um, higher level articles to me because they trust Mm. me. And sometimes the people there, you know, they'll get moody or they'll get bitchy or whatever, and then kind of act like they're not going to use me anymore. And then a week later, they never leave me because it's so, I think, hard for them to find someone who shows up and doesn't have the typos in it. So the job security, I feel being a freelance writer is nuts, an efficient one anyway. Like, mm-hmm. And this is all, so for anyone listening who's thinking, oh, I think maybe I could be a freelance writer, proofread your shit. <laughs> you, are, you are ahead of the game if yeah. you just proofread your shit. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's honestly it. Or like, just understand grammar, like where to put a mm-hmm. comma, please. Mm-hmm. Please. <laughs> And that kind of stuff isn't difficult to learn. I mean, first of all, like you mentioned, there's Grammarly. So even if there's stuff that you don't know, you can be corrected on that kind of software. But that kind of stuff, it's really not that difficult to find. You know, even I, like my degree is in journalism and I still have to Google the difference between effect and affect, you know, but I can Google it. Yeah, I mean, I have that with a couple things. What always gets me? 
something one there's one of those that always gets me and i always though i look it up to be Mm -hmm. sure um oh i I mix up bear and bear but not like i know the animal bear and to be bear but it's um bare minimum i think Mm -hmm. or it's like the expressions that i'll mix up sometimes i'll google it and boom it's fixed but like you have to show that you're willing to to take that extra research step a big part of being a copywriter is researching Mm -hmm. yeah there's there's so much to know and it's easy to find out but you actually have to be willing to (laughs) hey take one second longer and google this that's that's it yep And if people are out there trying to freelance, even as designers too, like you're, all you have to do is deliver on time, be easy to work with, be nice, check your shit, (laughs) proofread everything. Like it's really, um, it's really ultimately that simple. And then of course it's, it's the client acquisition part of that as well. So talk a little bit about getting clients in the first place and even being able to show that you are good enough to, for them to stick around. Yeah. I, um, I tell people, people get really hung up on the portfolio aspect of this because they'll say, well, I don't have any clients. So how am I supposed to have a portfolio? And I'm like, guys, guys, I should have a YouTube video coming out on this this weekend because people ask me it so Mm -hmm. much. Do free work for the people in your life. I promise Mm. you somebody needs help post to LinkedIn, text your mom, like, post in a Facebook group and say, Hey, I'm brand new at designing logos or writing blogs. Does anyone need one for their business? I promise you one person is going to answer. Okay. And then you just say to them, I'm happy to do this for free in exchange. I'm going to put this in my portfolio just so you're aware. It's always, you know, polite to let people know that they'll agree to it done. And then if you don't want to do it that way, you can write a spec piece. I've recently learned the actual name for this, um, where you have a pretend client, you can pretend that Amazon booked you to write a blog for them. And you can write, you know, the top five Mm. e-commerce tricks from Amazon this year. I don't know. And uh, write it. And then then if your buyer was like, oh my gosh, was Amazon actually your client? Don't lie. Be like, no, that's just a spec piece of mine for you to see an example of my work. And then that's it. There's your portfolio. You'll get clients. They don't care what you look like, where you went to college, if you went to college, what your dog's name is. These people don't really care Mm -hmm. about you as an individual, which might sound harsh, but that's actually a really amazing thing because they don't care about your credentials. They don't care about your previous job experience. So it's very, it's very welcoming, I think, to anyone. Yeah. Interviews I've done. I don't think I've ever asked somebody. I mean, I've asked about, you know, past work and, and background and stuff, but I've never asked about formal education or, you know, any of that kind of formal stuff that people think they need, like a beautiful portfolio. I want to know that you can do the work and that you're going to deliver on time. (laughs) That's it. That's how I am too. When I hire people actually look at where they went to college, I could care Mm -hmm. less. I go through the resume to see if they took the time to have it graphically edited and formatted. And if there's typos in it, that's what I'm looking at. Mm -hmm. I don't care. I don't care if you went to a state school or no school or Princeton. Can you actually do the work I need you to do in a two or three day time frame with no excuses? That's all I care about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. In a job description with copywriting in the title, don't send in the application with <laughs> like every other word spelled wrong. <laughs> oh my God. I know. Because sometimes when I'll see the resumes, if they're a disaster, the formatting and spelling, I'm like, we're done here. Mm-hmm. This, mm-hmm. Is, this is going nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. I also, with the, in the same vein of offering free work, I sometimes like to, uh, tell people to frame it as a trade, as a quote unquote trade. So there's the perceived exchange of value, um, you know, for, um, for, I'm going to design your logo. I'm going to write blog posts for you. And in exchange, you'll give me two referrals and a review. Right. So then there's, there's sort of that like perceived exchange of value. Um, and then they val- value it too. It's like, oh, then you've put a little bit of spotlight on them that they have to give something in return. Absolutely. Um, I think that's a great idea. And I, that's, yeah, that's freelance. Like that's this whole gig economy. Right? <laughs> yeah. Gig economy, like bartering is back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's whatever you want to do with it, you know? So yeah, when I'll have these people seem like they are at their wits end with this, I'm like, you guys, you have to be self-sufficient with your research. Like you, you have to wake up every day and find the answers to some of this on your own. Cause I promise you it yeah. is online and it is free. 
And at this point, I have so many resources out there. I don't think I could have any more. In this week's musical lesson, we are going to talk about doing the hard thing. We're going to pull this lesson from the classic, legendary Broadway show, A Chorus Line. Now, the entire show of A Chorus Line is an audition. The entire show is a group of dancers and actors auditioning to be in a show on Broadway. It sort of gives you the peek behind the curtain, so to speak, into what actually auditioning for a Broadway show looks like. And all of the songs in the show are each of the hopefuls talking about their life and their journey into becoming a professional dancer and performer and hoping to get this particular gig on Broadway. All of the songs are talking about the hard stuff that they've been through as a person, as a performer, in order to have any kind of success or no success at all, and hoping to find success in this audition. Now, there's so much beauty in this because everyone is willing to come back again. Everyone who is singing and talking about their personal experience is demonstrating a a level of willingness to do the thing that's really hard to do, like pursuing dreams of being on Broadway. There's only so many people that actually do become successful on Broadway and actually make any money at it. And there's something so magical about the willingness to keep going. Listen, I've talked about this before. There's a lot of rhetoric online that you only have to do things or that you only should do things that feel good and that you have to have super strict boundaries and you have to, everything in your business is is always meant to be peaceful and, and fully aligned with who you are and who you want to be as a person. And there's a lot of validity to that. I, as a business owner, I've started saying no to a lot of things because there are things that just don't feel good and that don't light me up. And so I reserve the right to say no whenever the hell I want to. But here's the thing. If you start that way, if you start by saying no, and if you start by saying, "Mm, that's too hard, or "Mm, that doesn't feel good, or that's not perfectly aligned with with what I want and, and what I, you know, how I how I wake up feeling good, then you're never going to recognize the opportunities that are right in front of you. You need some time to even understand yourself in business well enough to know what things do and don't feel good. So a lot of the advice that we hear online about only, you know, only doing things that feel good and and finding the peace in your business and all that, that's valid. And that should absolutely be a goal as you grow and scale your business. But when you're getting started, you have to be willing to do the hard things. Take it from any of these performers in a chorus line who are singing about how difficult it was growing up, wanting to be a dancer and not being accepted because of that and pursuing it anyway. And then how they had to treat their bodies in both good and bad ways to be the kind of performer that they wanted to be. There are all these things that go into the physical, emotional, mental agility that's required to be a professional actor and dancer. But you have to go through those things to achieve that success. None of it's easy. Now, that doesn't mean make yourself sick. That doesn't mean beat your body up. But it does mean say yes. Even if it doesn't feel perfectly right, even if it's not perfectly aligned, even if it's really hard, you got to say yes. Because it's on the other side of saying yes that the magic happens, that you're the one that is called back from the audition, or you're the one that lands a new client that teaches you 
a brand new skill set or something totally new about yourself that you weren't aware of before. You have to do the hard things, especially in the beginning, but forever in your business. In the beginning, I say it's important because you have to figure out who you are as a business owner. You have to have some trial and error to figure these things out as you're going. So don't start out by saying no, because you're only preventing yourself from getting that call back. You're just preventing yourself from being the one that gets put in the show. Do the hard things. I promise it's worth it. Okay, so other than um, getting some spec pieces together for a proposal, how how does that client acquisition process go? So in Fiverr, it's kind of already embedded into it, which is, you know, I predominantly, my freelancing experience on these platforms. So somebody will check out a service you have posted on your profile, they'll look at your portfolio, and if they like it, they'll book it with you. But before they book it, they have to fill out your questionnaire, which to me is everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, That questionnaire will make or break orders with people. It will, you know, eliminate uh, miscommunications. It will make sure they're happy. So I put a lot of time into my questionnaires. They typically have like 10 plus questions in them. And I look at it as if the buyer is too impatient or unprofessional to fill that out, it frustrated them too much and they left, then you probably didn't want to work with them anyway. Mm -hmm. So people don't be shy to create a meaty uh, questionnaire because Mm -hmm. that that is the most important part of the freelancing transaction, in my opinion. Mm, Okay. So what kind of things, what goes on that questionnaire? Any sort of specific questions? Yeah. I mean, it all varies depending the service. I mean, I I always start out with um, like, what is your business name? Can I have a link to the business website? Because sometimes people won't give that to me. And then the timer's Mm. picking and I'm like, how am I supposed to even do this? Then I'll generally say, you know, do you have a suggested topic for this? If you don't, you know, do you recognize here that I am going to pick the topic out and I will not be changing it once I write it for you? Like, let's be respectful, you know, I'll I'll get almost a little sassy in it. And I'll say at the end, (laughs) you know, okay, you bought 500 words, but do understand as a writer, um, I can't hit 500 on the dot. So, you know, initial here that it may be 460 or it may be 590 and you're going to be okay with that. Like, I'm very... um, Mm-hmm. transparent with them. And I think they like that. I, I don't think the buyer mm. wants to have any surprises either. So I, I think it has not scared anyone away by me being like very forward in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that also demonstrates some level of authority as well, right? Like, listen, yeah. this just is based on experience, based on the fact that I've been doing this, this is just how it is. So, you know, take it or leave it, but it, but it is what it is. It is what it is. And I find so many people have no idea how to work with a copywriter. And I've had some horror stories of people who just think mm. you can write them a blog and they could be like, mm, I'm not feeling it. Can we try this topic? And I'm just like, are you mental? <laughs> like what? So, you know, I've had to have these bad situations to create the perfect questionnaire. And I tell other people, you know, you are going to have to go through some of those, I think, unfortunate circumstances that help you know what to put in the questionnaire next time. But that's why you do need to be receptive to feedback, even if you don't want to hear it sometimes, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's a good thing to still listen. Yeah. So feedback, that's interesting. Do you, um, is there any time you've gotten like a bad review or something where it could either be, okay, some, some good feedback. You're like, okay, maybe I, I messed that up, but have you ever gotten a bad review that was just not warranted at all? Oh uh, yeah, I've had a f- I've had some with completely certifiably insane individuals that have <laughs> accused me of things that make no sense whatsoever. And when it's totally unwarranted, I do contact Fiverr customer service and say like, please review this. Is there any way to not have this review on my profile because this person's out of their mind? Unfortunately, I'd say half the time Fiverr never cares or sides with me, and it's, I'm just screwed with it. Mm. But they have a few times been like, "Okay, yeah, we see that this person needs to be like kicked off of here," and I'm like, "Yes, thank you. <laughs> Please remove <laughs> this individual." Um, so it happens, mm. you know, and it's defeating when it when it does happen. That's one of I think the lower moments of freelancing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that can be that can be really tough. I think sometimes that can derail somebody. I either the fear of getting bad reviews or somebody who's certifiable 
you know, giving a completely unwarranted review, or even maybe what's even harder is getting a bad review that was deserved. Yeah. And there have been, you know, I look back now at times and go, okay, maybe they, you know, maybe they were onto something. I mean, it can be a pride hit, but I do Mm -hmm. say to people, there's no room for ego in the world of, of freelancing. So definitely check yours at the door because people will be commenting on your writing all day long and you have to separate you yep. from the product that you are selling. You know, mm -hmm. just like if you were making a stuffed animal and someone threw it at the wall, like that wouldn't, you know, personally hurt you. So, you, you know, you almost have to look at your writing the same way. Right. Right. Yeah. I, um, I, I've had some experiences with writing that it was like, no, actually this was pretty bad. And that, and that's the, <laughs> like, no, actually, and not necessarily from a, from a customer service perspective, but getting edited on anything, you know, whether it's design or writing, it's, it can be really tough. I always say the exact same thing. You have to remove ego because it doesn't actually have anything to do with who you are as a human being. No, <laughs> no, it doesn't. And yeah, I've had those moments. I, um, it was like a year and a half ago. I had the flu, like the mm. full on flu where I felt like I was going to die for like nine days. And, um, you know, I did my best to shut down my freelancing profile, but I still had some orders in the queue and I was delirious. I could mm. not but I still did them. And then, yeah, a couple of days when I felt better, I went back and looked at it and I was like, oh my God, I can't even believe I sent that to someone. I sound like I'm out of my mind in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this poor person, I'm going to redo this for you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, sometimes that happens and you just have to sort of give yourself some grace and take the feedback when it comes, because that's, yeah. that's how you get better. 100%. Would you say that there's anything in particular that you did that enabled you to have the kind of growth that you've, you've had? Is there anything, you know, a lot of people say the moment that they hired a coach was when they finally were able to scale or when they hired an employee or, you know, some, was there ever a moment in your journey that you're like, oh yeah, I can point to that and say, that was my, my growth factor. On, I mean, honestly, mine is probably that I never said no to anything, whether that be mm. a fiber order or a new gig or coming into the Fiverr office to meet them, which then helped me become Fiverr Pro, which mm -hmm. sent me to the two, 300K realm. So really for me, my story has been that I said yes to every single thing that came my way for like five years. <laughs> um, that's it. Yeah. That's really it. And, um, getting into Fiverr pro, which is like the top 1% thing mm. that is what changed my life essentially, because that's where I went from earning five figures to six figures mm -hmm. and then I earned six figures, all these news uh, outlets wanted to start covering my story. I became more interesting to them. Mm -hmm. and it just kind of snowballed from there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what is it, what's required to be in Fiverr pro? So they don't really say there's an application that you can fill out, but it's just supposed to be, you know, that you are the top 1% of the Fiverr platform, meaning you deliver mm -hmm. high quality work. You're very professional. You know, this is the best of the best that Fiverr can offer clients. Uh, with that comes some pressure though, because you are now representing Fiverr as their top 1%. Mm -hmm. And um, it can come with some pressure. So I will say to people, you know, if you're brand new, I don't recommend reaching out to join this program for one or two years, you know, I, I would recommend that you still get some experience because there's going to be a lot of expectation on you to be the best if you join it. Mm -hmm. um, so like anything, you know, if you're making 350k a year, is that incredible? Sure. But are you working your ass off for it? Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you are working for that money. That is not easy money. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and you, you mentioned too, that Fiverr is great for a while, but you also advocate for also freelancing off of those off of those platforms. So have has Fiverr led to other maybe longer engagements or getting other clients in other ways? Yeah, I um you know what's funny is I've almost used my Fiverr to create my social media persona, which mm. is what I've done with it. So now Fiverr has actually created Alex Fasulo LLC which is um, getting to a point now 
hopefully in, in about a week, I'm going to be spending way more time on it because my best friend's coming to help me with all my writing and everything. Mm-hmm. God bless. Um, so I used Fiverr as the base of my internet persona that is now probably going to make me a lot more money than being on Fiverr ever did. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, I, I say to people pretty much after I recommend after two years on Fiverr, you know, you've definitely have some money saved now. You're probably feeling good about it. It's worth getting that personal website made. It's worth listing your services on it. It's worth, you know, spending a little money on graphics for social media to let the world know that you Mm -hmm. are available. They can hire you through your website. Uh, It's wise to do because you can't always count on a Fiverr or they can kick you off. And there are 300 other sites that you can go on, but there's something to be said at the end of the day for growing your own agency. That's like the ultimate security. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that way too, you, you hire people, you know, then you become just the CEO of your company and you are doing fewer deliverables yourself. Yeah. And that's where you catch me today. I still do writing every day. And I know that blows people's mind because they would think <laughs> that I wouldn't be anymore, but I am because I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, I know for me after doing it every day for seven years, do I want a little break? Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't mind being a CEO like, and not doing it every day. Yeah. So, you know, I tell everyone like set yourself up for a similar, um, path so that you're not doing the same thing every day for 30 years. Cause then you might as well be at the nine to five again. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's the, um, sometimes you can get stuck in that as long as you, uh, approach the agency model Yeah, with, with knowing that with sort of hiring strategically so that you can replicate yourself and not be involved in, in the day-to-day deliverables. I know I'm sort of dealing with that, uh, next level growth in, in my own agency and trying to remove myself from deliverables as much as possible, because I'm in that similar place. I still love designing websites, but there's only so much of it that I can do with more and more clients that I get. So I sort of, you have to create the place where you can remove yourself or replicate yourself. A hundred percent. I feel like what's tough for me is I'm getting grief for it from my social media following because mm. they're, you know, cause I'm out here trying to advise people on freelancing, but then they want to see you also freelance or you kind of lose trust with them. Even though I'm like, you guys, after seven years, I am dreaming about these things. Like, believe me. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- I'm running into that a little bit with my following where people get a little weird if they think that I'm not freelance writing anymore, um, which I still am, you know, so I- I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to brand it in the future when I'm ultimately not so that I can do all of these other things and not anger them. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's that's a tough sort of balance in in, you know, wanting to do both things, but ultimately... Yeah you've proven yourself, right. As a freelancer, like you've, you've done the damn thing. <laughs> That's how I look at it. And like, honestly, I have so, I have like eBooks, I have podcasts, mm-hmm. I have TikTok, YouTube, Facebook group, everything I know, I, I've made sure I've carefully made sure it's available to everyone. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of free now to like, just let right. me, let me move on, please. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's, uh, maybe it's the mentoring that is the, yeah. is the next thing. Yeah. I mean, people always say to me, like, do you accept mentees? And I'm like, not yet, but what would that even look like? I don't know. Like, what does that look like? Or I don't know that, that thing is kind of weird to me to like charge for it is kind of weird to me, but I know people would pay for it. So I'm trying to figure out like what to do with it. Yeah. You should definitely uh, consider that because people would a hundred percent pay for it. I know. I know. And it would just be, and it would just be helping, right? It would just be helping. Like, and I think I I was inspired to start this podcast because of my frustration with the content that was available five, six, seven years ago when I started to just want to say like, okay, here's the actual things that you need to do to get started as opposed to, you know, like the, the, the platitudes that, that people would just like, all you have to do is get in front of the right people, you know? Um, but that's exactly right. Like it's, it's, it's taking that pain that we felt it's taking that pain away by, by helping people. So yeah, I highly encourage it. Yeah, no, I know. I mean, I feel like I mentor people for free every day. It's like, Mm -hmm. uh, I I see all these guys, you know, who will charge like 5k a month for a, a personal whatever. And I'm just like, doesn't that go against though? Like the concept of being a mentor. Isn't it supposed to be like free, like wise help? (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, it, it 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 can be both, right? Like a coaching program, you can you can charge for all that kind of stuff, and people would pay for it, right? Because if you're saying I um I'll charge you maybe not five k a month, but maybe a thousand or something, or yeah. or even fifteen hundred dollars for like a six week program, whatever whatever it is. Yeah, by being mentored by you, by being coached by you, they they can then make a lot more than fifteen hundred, right? It's the same concept as as freelancing for for somebody that needs that kind of. Yeah, and that's a good point. I know I um I always end up lowballing things. That's one of my problems mm-hmm. <laughs> with money and whatnot. Um, so I know I have to. I have so many things that I want to go do. Uh, that yeah. makes my head spin. I know. I know. It's uh. I I think people like us in this, it, it, you know, in this sort of gig economy type of thing. There's so much that are just naturally inherently by the fact that we chose this in the first place, just that, that personality, there's always so much swirling around up there. (laughs) I know. I think there's something we all have in common for sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. So tell me, um, the name of your podcast, where people can find it, where people can find you all that good stuff. Sure. So it's called the freelance fairy tales. And it's major podcast streaming, you know, uh, Spotify, Apple, uh, people can find me literally everywhere on social media. If you just look up Alexandra Fasulo, I am on Instagram, Snapchat, Pinterest, TikTok, YouTube. Um, <laughs> my most valuable thing I think I can offer new freelancers is my free Facebook group, though. Mm. Uh, so anyone can join it, and it's a you know growing community of freelancers in there. And I love watching everyone help each other in there. So it's called a uh, freelancing mentorship with Alexandra Fasulo. Very long. I love it. And I love and I love the name of your podcast, The Freelance Fairy Tales. Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I know. I I I like mystical stuff. I mean, I don't mm. like weird colors. It's like <laughs> part of the thing. Uh, I love that. Okay, so last question. If you were to give yourself of seven, eight years ago a piece of advice or maybe a gratitude or forgiveness or anything, what would that be? Probably just the classic cliche stuff you always hear. Cause it's so true. I would just say, mm. stop caring what people think. Cause I, for my first three years of this did not share any of it on social media because mm-hmm. I didn't, I was scared for everyone's reception to it. And once I finally did, I lost a lot of friends, unfortunately, that were not friends, clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would just say, you know, be you. Don't be afraid to be you. Um, it's the most comfortable thing in the entire world when you just are yourself. It's so mm-hmm. relaxing. Not everyone's going to love you. And that's very normal and very okay. Just the, the usual stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Get on social media sooner. Don't wait four years to do it. Mm-hmm. The usual. And it sounds too, from hearing your story, be willing to play the long game. Yeah, be willing. Yeah, be willing to put on no excuses. I'm yep. so just check the excuses at the door. Nobody wants to hear them. Just leave them. Leave them at home. Uh, awesome. This has been so great. Thank you so much for coming. Um, this is this podcast is like giving myself of back then a big bear hug. So I appreciate yeah. you being part of that. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you for having me.